Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast, where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Hello, and welcome to this week's Wealth Builders podcast. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. I'm Karen Conrad. We just got back from England. A matter of fact, when I am recording this, we just got back yesterday. Billy and I were over there along with the beautiful Miss Becky and my amazing husband, Dave, and we were um, really honored to speak at the International Business Summit, which is with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College. And during that time, we have got some new teaching, some new information. I've never heard Billy teach on some of the things that he taught on over there, which is always exciting when we get new content because I don't know where it comes from, but boy, he is a deep well. And uh, springboarding from some of the things that he was talking about, I taught a a teaching called Bringing Vision to Reality, which is what I'm going to be sharing with you today. We all have a God-given vision. I'm going to be teaching a little bit about how to tap into that vision, how to really grab hold of what you know that God has for you. And then I'm going to be providing some very practical steps to help you to walk out that vision. You know, it's exciting when we get a download from God or an invitation to uh, step into a new part of our destiny with the Lord. But I think sometimes it can get discouraging or we just don't know what to do next to help see that vision become reality. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So get your notebook out, get a pen, get ready to write some notes, and let's go ahead and dig in. So bringing vision to reality. I like to say it like this. It all starts with a heart-to-heart connection with God. It seems sometimes it's difficult for us to figure out what vision or destiny God has for us because it's often much more natural than what we would expect. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to hear something from heaven, an audible voice. Well, when you are spending time with the Lord, you're really connected with Him. And in that time, things can come out that seem very natural, or maybe we even hear things that are in our own voice, or we just get impressed to, or desire to step forth into something. And that's really how our relationship with the Lord is supposed to work. So if you were one of those people that are just waiting for this audible voice and feeling like you're not hearing from God, well, we're helping you right here, right off the start. Because you're in connection with Him, because you have chosen to connect your heart with Him and spend time with Him and fellowship with Him and in the Word, you are hearing His voice in that time. And even when you're not purposefully in the word, but maybe you're just taking a walk or just thinking about things, sitting in the backyard and you get a a thought, that can be an invitation from the Lord with an idea on what to pursue. So I want to encourage you that your unique purpose is understood and realized in your personal relationship with God. 
So let's take a look first at this relational foundation to understand how it is that we, together with God, build and develop this amazing destiny, which is birthed into a vision for your life. Jesus was presence-driven and purpose-shaped, and so are we. Presence-driven means we have a prioritized personal relationship with God, and Jesus certainly showed us that. We're also purpose-shaped in that through that relationship, we gain an understanding of our unique purpose. I like to say it like this, purpose is God's display to the world of his workmanship in you. It comes from that relationship and out of that, we glorify him and we're destined to succeed. The gifts and talents that you have are God's and he placed them in you to help you fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. God wants his gifts and talents to be honored so you and I don't need to fight for that, right? We can rest in that and know that what he's put in us He is more concerned about those gifts and talents being seen and valued than what you and I have to be concerned about. True satisfaction and success flow from understanding and walking out this purpose with him. I'm going to share a scripture with you, John 15, 16, and it says this, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed and placed and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the father in my name is my representative. He may give you. Isn't that awesome? God has sustained long-term success planned for you. Jesus demonstrated success. The success he demonstrated, he glorified God on the earth. The how, he faithfully did everything God told him to do. He discovered and fulfilled his purpose. And one of the things that comes out of that is a vision that God has. He gives us a vision for our life, certainly. But he gives us many visions along the way, different seasons for projects, for different areas of our life. And so when we're connected with him and we really understand or pull out that vision from our relationship with him, that is where the world changing part of whatever area he's given us that vision in begins. Because as I mentioned, God has success already planned for you and already planned for me. So as we line up with him, as we cooperate with him, as we invite him in to help us to shape what that vision looks like and how to carry it out, it's not only an adventure, but we'll have the impact that we desire in our life. As business leaders, ministry leaders, and entrepreneurs, you are called and anointed to bring transformation. In other words, to align heaven and earth to individuals, families, communities, cities, and nations in our area of influence. So let's review the process real quickly here, and then we'll get into those practical steps that I mentioned early on in the podcast. So there's three things that line up with the word of God as far as how we hear God's voice and how we 
pursue stepping into that destiny and receiving the the specific vision in our life. Number one, we get an idea. And in the scripture, it references that as we hear God's voice. Second, we act upon it. And when we act upon it, that is requiring us to step out in faith or more simply just trust. And then after we do that, that's when the capabilities show up. I like to have things planned out, like know when I step into something that the capabilities are there, right? But that wouldn't take faith or trust. So here's some scriptures I just want to give you that you can study this out, that really lay out this process. Number one, in that relationship that we have with the Lord, we have love and character. We understand that God loves us and we understand his character. And in that, it results in faith, which is simply trust and belief. And in that we hear, which we apply hope to, and then we agree to step out in faith to take action. The second part is when we receive that invitation, which is that invitation from God that's like, hey, this is, a, this is an assignment that I want to present to you. He doesn't make us do it, but we accept the invitation. And then from there, it leads into the following of that, that path of our destiny that's been laid out before us. So we have the relationship. We hear the vision that God has given us, the assignment which is part of our purpose. Second, we accept that invitation. We apply that faith and trust and we begin to step out and act on it. And when we do that, that's where the destiny part shows up along with the capabilities. So you've heard me teach on this before, but I want to give you a quick review on the things we can expect when we say yes to God's assignment or invitation or vision for our life or this certain season. We can expect to receive glory, favor, power, authority, wisdom, appointments, open doors, grace, anointing, passion, and pruning. Yes, pruning, which isn't a bad thing. It just allows us to, at some times, we need to let go of what we call good things to grab hold of what we call God things. Amen. All right. So when we receive that invitation, we receive that vision, we know that we are going to need to grow in some areas. And that's where God comes in and says, I'm going to help you. These are the three main areas that God really has designed us to grow in, to reach our potential in this specific area. One of them is knowledge, skill, and ability. And that's what you're doing when you listen to the Wealth Builders podcast, right? You are listening to to gain knowledge, skill, and ability. Second, as we continue to pursue the Lord in that relationship with God, we're going to grow in passion for God and our relationship with the Lord. The third area of this triangle that he is going to stretch us in is to grow in character and economic capacity. These are all the areas that once we receive that invitation, we uh, draw out the vision for this season, we can expect God is going to help us to grow in these areas. So let's just talk a moment about vision. 
God has an adventure and an assignment for you that is specific to this season, specific to you. And if you've got a business, it's going to be specific to the team that God has called around you. Remember, it's not going to be like someone else's. So it's really important to allow God to show you what that vision is and prepare to run with it. Habakkuk 2.2 says this, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. So bringing vision to reality, number one, we want to know what is that vision. We want to put words to it. And of course, that is um, something that the Lord is going to help you to form. And then next, we want to begin to set benchmarks. Number three, we want to start developing strategies. And number four, we want to create the strategic action plans that's going to bring it from this vision that we see in our heart and mind and start to put structure around it so we actually see results and it starts to become reality in this natural world. So what is your vision? What is your vision statement? A vision statement identifies what a company would like to achieve or accomplish. So how do you come up with this? Well, ask yourself why your company or organization exists and what makes you go to work every day. What is your current organization's vision if you have a business? And I want to challenge you, if you have a vision, is it still valid? Why am I asking that question? Well, as we accept the different seasons, the vision that we had maybe for our business, which we're talking about today, 10 years ago, may not and probably should not be the same vision that we have for going forward. And the reason for that is as we grow in those areas, those three areas that I talked about, our capacity becomes larger. And when that happens, God oftentimes wants to do a new thing. Uh, Andrew's got a great teaching called Don't Limit God. And he had two times in his life where he has described that the Lord really spoke to him that he was limiting God. Are you in that position? Have you just maybe gone along with things just with the current understanding that you have? then maybe not ask the Lord, do you, do you want me to do more? Is there something in my life that I'm limiting you? When we ask that question, oftentimes we see that envelope come in and it's got a bigger vision. It's more than we had even dreamed about before. And when that happens, you can know that it is God because God's not going to give us a vision that we can do in ourselves or that we can do in our own capability, or even with the current capacity of our organization. So you want to ask that question and then look at your vision vision statement. Is it big enough? Do we need to change it? Or maybe you've been in business and you've never crafted a vision statement. Well, it's clear we need to craft that vision statement so we know where we're headed towards. If we aim at nothing, we'll hit it every time, right? (laughs) We might not see much progress, but that vision statement gives you a target to aim for, not only for yourself, but for your team. And it gives guidelines for us so that we know like, hey, 
if I'm working with a team or if I'm pursuing or thinking about a project or some an idea that someone brings to me, I have something to measure that against because it goes within the vision statement. So again, ask yourself why your company or organization exists. What I encourage people to do, if you're wondering what that vision is, is to go back to the time that you originally had this business on your heart. Why did you create this business? In that, it's going to help you to pull out the passion and God's heart for your business that's going to help you to develop or in some cases to revamp your vision statement. So establishing the vision that God has shown you, here is some questions to answer to help you establish that vision. What are you passionate about in business? And this applies to ministry as well. What do you see on the inside when you ask God to show you your purpose? If you already have a vision statement documented, are you satisfied with it and is it still relevant? And if you do not have a vision statement, it is time to create one. Your goal with this vision statement is to connect with God's vision and line up with the passion that he is putting you. Keep it simple and clear so that people can run with it. An example I like to share is, I don't think it's their vision statement anymore, but Disney's vision statement was to make people happy. I think that's a great vision statement. It's simple, it's clear, and it really communicates why the founder decided that he wanted to create Disney to make people happy. And I want to take just a moment to share with you, like, how, how is that an effective vision statement? It doesn't sound like super fancy or complicated. It really doesn't even sound like very educated, right? But think about it. If I'm working for an organization where I know the vision is to make people happy, that's going to help me to know how to write for Disney. It's going to help me to know uh, when I'm in a costume at Disney World, how to interact with people that are visiting. If I am sweeping the floors and keeping a pl- uh, the Disney World, we'll just use for an example, clean, and I hear a child crying over to the side, I know that it's my job to make people happy. So I can stop with the broom and I can walk over and see what's wrong and how I can help because we have someone in the park, right? That's not happy. Do you see how that in any position, it guides you how to treat people, what's important. And that's what your vision statement will communicate to your team and even to yourself at times where you have to maybe face a challenging situation and say, I need some guidance on how to go forward in your vision statement that God has imparted to you can be helpful with that. Communicate, communicate, communicate your vision statement. 
Make sure everyone knows your team is what I'm specifically talking about here, why you exist, because you give purpose to your team members. And when everybody is running, just like Habakkuk talked about, towards the vision statement, it's going to help give them the rails to run on and empower them to make decisions. And then it's time to dig in and put action to those ideas. So that is creating the vision statement. Number two, your next step is to start setting benchmarks or what I call KPIs, key performance indicators. Everybody wants to know how to be successful, right? And so we want to give them some measurements that they know like, hey, when I hit this, I am successful. That really empowers people in their work. And it also helps people to be acknowledged and know that they've made a difference. So how do we set those KPIs, those goals? Well, first of all, what is God showing you to go for and achieve? What are some problems that you want to solve? Those can be KPIs and guide you towards that. What do you want to achieve in your ministry or business? And what would it take to make that happen? When you define that, you tie it back to a measurable benchmark. So let me give you just a couple examples of this. We've got leading indicators and we've got lagging indicators. One of the things with wealth builders that we feel is really important is to help people that are in debt get out of debt. We want to help people to be able to move forward with their finances so that they can fulfill the call that God has on their life, that they can impact their family for generations, that they can have peace regarding their finances. So one of the things that we we measure is we want to reach more people that are in what we call the first X. So we actually have created goals in our email list that, that we want to increase the influence. Do we want to do that just to become a bigger organization? No, but we want to impact as as many lives as possible to help further people's quality of life in this area of making sense of making money for making a difference. So one of our KPIs is our email list. We want to see it grow because then we know that we are impacting more people and more people are receiving the information that's going to help them to live financially free. So when we look at those benchmarks and we document them, we want to keep track of them and share them with our team. So one of the key things to setting your benchmarks when we dream about maybe increasing in different areas, uh, maybe when we think about the larger impact, we need to get our net out. And that is a question that we need to answer, Lord, if I became, if my business, if my ministry became as large as what you are showing me, am I ready for it? One of the examples I use is in talking to ministers, sometimes or pastors, they're frustrated because they they maybe only have 50 people that are coming to their church on a weekly basis, and they know that God's given them a vision for a thousand people to impact their community. And the question I ask is, if a thousand people showed up today, what would happen? Oh my goodness, we'd implode. We couldn't handle it. And that's why I'm saying that the question to ask is, how do I get my net out? 
if I want growth, do I have the systems and infrastructure to support it ongoing? And if you do not have the ability right now, uh, based on that, to hire more help, ask yourself, what will you, what can you do to be more efficient? Or what are some other ways that you can take on more to reach these benchmarks that God is showing you? And if you've got a current team and um, maybe they're not used to seeing the growth or or uh, they hear about the KPIs and it's a little concerning to them, you can actually prepare and coach them to take on more and find efficiencies. So in that, once we set our benchmarks, our KPIs, our key performance indicators, ask yourself, am I committed to reaching the benchmarks? Sometimes when we look at growth, we definitely want it, but there is a price to pay or there's responsibility, you might say, to be able to steward that growth. And so we want to be committed to it so we don't quit the first time something challenging comes along, or maybe we have a shortfall or some, uh, you know, tight cash flow, but we stay committed to it because there's always a solution. Ask yourself with the benchmarks, do they support the vision? And will these KPIs or benchmarks cause you to have to stretch and rely on God? So there's number two. We talked about vision number two is setting benchmarks in or KPIs, key performance indicators. And number three is establishing strategies. Strategies are important to talk about because that is where you get your team involved, but also it's how you are going to approach reaching those key performance indicators. It's not going to fall in your head like, you know, a cherry from a tree. So you have to put some strategy behind how you're going to approach things. So what strategies will you use to achieve these key performance indicators? These will drive your marketing action plans and your project team action plans. And this is a critical step to implementing change. Sometimes we don't want to change. Maybe our team doesn't want to change, but the definition of insanity is expecting different results, doing the same things over and over. And we don't want to be in that position, right? So when you look at the strategies, one of the things that I like to ask first is what you have available today or what's currently in your hand that you can leverage or accelerate to produce the desired results without having to start something brand new. You'll be amazed when you get your team involved with that, the things that they come up with for ideas that are already within your wheelhouse or within your capabilities. And remember, when setting strategies, you want it to always be about being a blessing. Ask the question, what are the top needs of the people affected by the strategy, which is going to help you develop your value proposition and and uh, in some cases, develop a new product or service. And it always makes it easier to hear direction when the focus stays on him, on Jesus. Amen. So you create strategies. Let me give you an example of a strategy. This is something that would be something from my own life. And, and it's when I had my home staging business, I knew that there was growth. I knew that God had called me to a certain level in home staging. Yet when I looked, I was just starting. There was absolutely no natural evidence of that success. 
And one of the challenges I had is how do I reach the right people to even let them know that I'm here to homestage? And then secondly, why would they choose me over somebody that's been doing homestaging for a long time? And so one of the strategies that I realized and came up with, there were several of them, but one of them that was really a difference maker for me is I came to the realization that if I was going to try to reach homeowners to stage their home, I would be spending a lot of time and money on marketing. But if I realized who the decision maker was, which is a real estate agent in this case, and I pulled together a strategy to reach the decision maker, I would be able to reach a multiplied and accelerated level of homeowners through that door of the actual decision maker. Because as I studied it out, I realized that people went with a home stager that their real estate agent recommended. So in this particular case, I did a teaching, a training, and I got it approved through the state of Colorado so that I could teach from continuing education. Every real estate agent needs continuing education. I taught home staging 101 as a perceived expert because I was the trainer, the teacher that gave them the credit. And then I had real estate agents that came to my classes And I was able to show them my work, teach them about home staging. And every time I did that, I had more business than what I could even handle. How much did that cost me in marketing dollars? That's right, zero dollars. So this is going to help you with strategies to think like, wow, who is my customer segment decision maker? And how can I reach them? right? And then once you develop or write down that strategy, your next step is to create strategic action plans that are going to flow through that strategy and help you to actually achieve or reach those benchmarks. So this is the fun stage where you get your project teams together, you create cross department teams when possible, and you ask them, okay, here we go. Continuing with the example I gave you, we're going to put together a teaching and training for real estate agents through the state of Colorado. If I left it there, would it happen? No. I needed to list out the strategic actions to make that happen. So I'm going to give you examples of what that looks like, and then you can apply this same type of thought process to your business. So once I knew my strategy to help reach my benchmarks of growth in home staging was to teach a class to real estate agents, then I began to list out what is needed, research with the state and find out what format my class needs to be in. Otherwise, I could create a class, spend hours on that, and if it didn't meet the format, it wouldn't go anywhere. Get approval for that. Submit it, get approval. And then from that point, I would need to contact title companies because they're the ones that oftentimes host continuing education and see if I can get scheduled to teach a class. And then I have to do a whole new strategy when I teach the class that is going to help me connect with the real estate agents and give them a way 
to connect with me so that I can help them to stage a home with their next listing. So there's a lot of, obviously I simplified it just for purposes of this podcast. There's a lot of steps in there, but you get the idea that underneath the strategy, you lay out a checklist of actions with due dates. And you know what? When you do that, you are managing activities that will or should lead to you meeting your KPIs. All right. So there's a whole lot more in there to share. I feel like I just skimmed this for you, but at least you've got an idea, a way of thinking on how to approach it to help you see God's vision for your life in this season become reality. And I want to leave you with this. God has an amazing plan for your life. And he's got an amazing purpose. And out of that is the vision God has for you for this season, this business, this ministry, this time in your life. Proverbs 19.21 in the CEB says this, many plans are in a person's mind, but the Lord's purpose will succeed. So you can Leave this podcast today knowing that as you cooperate with God, he has already established success for you. So you can take the pressure off. You can enjoy this adventure with him. Step through the areas that we talked about and you are on your way to seeing that vision become reality. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, if you are not already subscribed to Wealth Builders, I really encourage you to do that. Go to wealthbuilders.org and subscribe to our email. Do you know our amazing team sends out so much content and information completely free of charge to you? Billy and Becky have put together over a thousand blogs on that website to help you to succeed. Also check out Billy's YouTube channel where we've got the webinars. If you haven't seen some of our webinars, a lot of Billy's training is there and you can just search for Billy Epperhart on YouTube. And also I want to encourage you to check out Wealth Builders University. This is a training course online. It's got video training along with the templates and PowerPoints to help you take a deeper dive into some of these topics that we talk about in the podcast. And you can check that out at wbuniversity.org online. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and make it a great day. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.